Honestly, if you can just stop talking to people who are not physically here, you're going to reduce the amount of thinking you do massively. Hello and welcome to the Mind Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Newbigging. For today's episode, I'm sharing an extract from a recent webinar I did on having a holiday from your head. I am passionate about this subject, with thinking less being a common theme in a number of my books. And so if you know that you're a bit of an overthinker, then I'm sure you're going to find this episode super helpful. I begin by talking about the negative side effects of overthinking, including how overthinking makes us miss life. I also reveal three main causes of why we can feel compelled to overthink so that you can finally heal this unhealthy habit. Stay tuned, because in this episode, I also share a few of my favorite ways to stop overthinking and make the shift from your mind to the moment, from mental chaos to inner calm and ultimately, from problems to peace. So hello and welcome. Welcome to this uh, webinar. Uh, the theme is Holiday from Your Head. And I, had, I was inspired to do this uh, topic this month. Not only do I love talking about thinking less, because I have written a few books about it, it's been a major focus of my life and my work for a number of years now. Um, but, uh, you know, I do a lot of the therapy work and uh, just prior to coming, having to release the new theme, I was doing a session with someone and I was just reminded of going through this stuff as well. It's so important to be uh, remembering and reminding ourselves to uh, not be overthinking all the time to be living with more present moment awareness. Uh, and, um, and during that uh, one-on-one that I, was, that I was doing that day, I was just reminded of a few of my really favorite games that I play with and I love to play with and I love to share with others. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun just to have a little intro about thinking less and then just share some of these, my favorite kind of ways to do that. This is not an extensive list. Um, it's the ones I was sharing that day with the client and a couple others. Uh, but I hope you find it helpful to have this introduction if you're new to this or a reminder if you've uh, been around my work for a while. So the caveat to, to thinking less is, you know, if you need, uh, if you're dealing with something significant in your health or your mental health, physical health or whatever, then, you know, what I'm sharing today is to be used alongside that sort of therapeutic work. Um and uh, not to be used to gaslight yourself, bury your head in the sand, ignore things that might actually need some attention. Um, there's, a, there's a caveat to this, okay? But I'm assuming that you guys are doing that, you're interested in that, you're, take, you're making the most of other resources uh, available. And so this is very complimentary and can be really helpful. I want to start with making sure we're not going to demonize the mind, Um and say and, and give any impression that you should never think because I think that that uh, goal puts people under a lot of pressure. You know, I should never think. I should just only have inner stillness, peace between the ears, and I'm failing somehow if I catch myself having you know a conversation with someone in my head or uh, planning something or reminiscing about something or whatever. And this is, you know, we need to recognize that. The ability to think is actually one of the greatest gifts we get as a human being. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to have the ability. You know, we've evolved to um, process complex thoughts, to be able to understand information, which you're doing right now, uh, to, to use the mind to solve problems, to plan ahead when necessary, and to learn from the past. It's... it's um, 
it would be a shame to throw the baby out of the bathwater and say, look, you know, I should, it's all, it's all bad. So I think it's kind of nice just to start with a recognition. Actually, it, it can be very, very uh, a helpful tool. But the problem is most people that I'm working with, um, most people that you might meet in the street, they don't necessarily use their mind like a tool where they can pick it up, use it, and then put it back down. And that's where we get into the realms of overthinking. There's a bit of a definition for overthinking, and it's basically referring to the the process of repetitive, unproductive thought. I think that's a really helpful uh, definition to, to recognize. If we're going around in circles in our mind and we're not getting to any resolution, um, any solution, then and and we're finding it hard to put the mind down, then yeah, we're definitely working, moving into the realms of overthinking. And that is unhelpful. It can create a huge amount of stress for the body. Overthinking has been linked and scientifically to uh, chronic issues like anxiety and depression, unsurprisingly, but you know, at least the science and the studies have shown the link between overthinking, depression and anxiety. Um, It's been shown to reduce energy levels, create more fatigue and tiredness. No wonder, because until you learn to think less, you really don't realize how much energy is being used up by incessant unconscious uh, thinking. It uses so much energy. And until you stop it, you don't realize how much more energy is is available to us on a day-to-day basis or to heal if we're needing to heal something, for example. Overthinking limits our uh, intuition. It basically is it's so loud that our intuition is drowned out by it often and hinders our creativity. It can also create a lot of relationship conflicts. Um, now, there are some that are there and we need to deal with and face, but some are actually imagined. I know it might be hard to believe, but sometimes people don't actually say what you think they've said, or they'll say something and then we'll completely make a different thing inside ourselves and, uh, and, and completely paraphrase it and really get attached new meaning to it. And it can create a lot of um, conflict and uh, distance with us, but between us, if we're doing a lot of uh, thinking in between actually the conversations when the other person isn't actually there. We'll get onto that in a bit. When I was looking up and researching for today for you, I came across a study that I think I shared a couple of years ago with you, which was from the University of Michigan. I don't know if you remember this one, but it's quite a cool study because it found that 73% of adults between 25 and 35 overthink. 75%, that's, that's quite a lot in that age group. Moving up the age groups between 45 and 55, it's about half, about 52% of people are overthinking um i mean that's that's quite significant that's, these are big numbers when you're talking about 50 percent of people 70 percent plus of people and the study that always sticks in my mind about overthinking is the harvard study that found that the average person is lost in the thinking mind for do you remember 47 percent of the day that was this that was the statistic they came up with now I personally think that's a conservative number. I think that um, it depends on how they tested that. And some thinking can be really subtle. And so depending on how they tested it, some people might not have been you know, doing the study or being studied, may not have been conscious really of, of the more subtle realms of thinking. But let's just say that the average person is lost in the thinking mind for 47% of the day. So that would mean it's about half the day lost in the thinking mind you know when you're lost in the thinking mind that's when someone's like talking to you and they stop talking and you have no idea what to say because because like you weren't there they were talking but you weren't there you we were missing it life is happening and we're missing it we're tuned out we're tuned into our mind instead of the moment most people are doing that for 47 percent of the day half of the day half of the day is half of their week lost it was happening but they missed it it's half a month. It's half of the year. It's half of the lifetime. 
whoops, gone, missed. It was happening, but we weren't present to it. We were, we were somewhere else. We were in our mind. We were in imagination. And that's really what thinking does and overthinking does. It causes us to miss life. And, and for me, there's, there's, I'm going to go through some of the side effects of, of overthinking, but really the number one for me was that one. <laughs> That's why I'm starting with it. Like, I don't want to miss half of my life. I don't want to miss half the time with my loved ones. I don't want to miss half my time with you. I don't want to miss half my time here. You know, that's such a waste. If I, if I, if I manage to live 80 years, I've only got 40. That, that seems like a bit of a shame. You know, I want to get more than that. And so um, for me, that was the motivation that life is happening uh, all the time, but we can be missing it if we are being distracted. So the mind is happening here. Sorry, the life is happening here. Uh, but we can be kind of living our life a bit like this, distracted. We've withdrawn our attention from reality and we've in, identified in a mind-made version of reality. And we're kind of talking about life instead of actually living it. We're thinking about it, but we're not actually living it. We're essentially, when we're overthinking, we are one step removed from life. Does that make sense? Like your life is happening, the live feed of life is happening, but we're just a little bit delayed talking about it to someone in here some someone we're just, we're just chatting away and we're doing a lot of things in that conversation with ourselves which might not be so helpful when it comes to experiencing more peace happiness joy freedom love and all the good stuff so when we're thinking it's a bit like listening to the radio um i remember a few years ago i used to drive around england a lot of my year going to mind body spirit festivals and or doing a workshop and most weekends were filled with me driving somewhere and I would, I would love that time where I kind of finished and I was driving home and I was listening to the football and on five live um, and what I, what I found fascinating was that it was always advertised in five live hence the name of the radio station as a live football match or whatever they're showing that day but it happened to be Saturday after, Saturday evening or whatever and so it sounds like the football is live. You're hearing the commentator going, okay, the ball has just been hit from this person to this person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it sounds live. They advertise it as live. But the reality is we're hearing a slightly delayed feat because for the commentator to know who hit it and where it went to and what happened it has to have happened for the commentator to actually be commentating on it. It has to have happened. Okay. It's more obvious listening to the radio commentator than the, the, the visual one, potentially. Uh, but they're also de delayed as well. You're watching the game live and the people are talking about it. They're commentating. But they're, it's slightly late what they're saying. And that's basically your mind all the time. The moment has to have happened for the mind to know what's happened so it can talk about it. It has to have happened for the mind to, to know what's happened so it can talk about it. And so the moment's happening, the mind is a little bit late, the commentator is a little bit late. So if you really do live your life, not just being here, but thinking about what's happening here, you're going to be spending your time one step removed from reality. And no wonder people wake up at some point and go, I feel like there's something missing. I feel like there must be more to life than this. I feel like there's this itch, like there must be more. And there is. But the more isn't actually in the future. The more is actually here. The more is actually experienced by being able to uh, tap into reality. That's why it's called real itty. It's real, like the realness of the here and now. And this is not news or, you know, shocking information that you might want to live as much as possible in the here and now. People have been teaching this for a very, very long time. So why don't we do it more often? Well, to be honest, it's a habit. It's a habit. Most people are raised believe by people that believe 
they have to think all the time. And we get taught growing up to think all the time as well. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I didn't have a, uh, my parents or anyone at school saying, just so you know, like you don't have to be thinking all the time. In fact, you can spend most of your day like in the high 90s in peace and pick up your mind um, just whenever it's useful to use it and then you can put it back down. No one ever taught me that, um, but it's actually true. Another reason why we can find ourselves feeling compelled to overthink is it's a, it's a self-protection mechanism. You know, if you actually think about it, <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't use that term, but if you stop to consider <laughs> or you notice what you tend to think most about, it's kind of about our maybe finances, relationships, health. Do, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like the big things. And we're often thinking about how to either avoid bad things happening or uh, fix bad things that we appear to be happening, you know? So it's okay to not beat yourself up and go, hey, thank you, mind, for wanting to try and protect me and keep me safe. And I'll um, turn my phone off so you don't anything anymore. But thank you, mind, for um, keeping me safe and, and wanting to protect me. But there's other ways to actually do that. We're just not necessarily taught it. So it's a protective mechanism. It's a habit. And also it, it can boil down to a case of mistaken identity, like like we're... We believe we are our mind. We believe we are the voice in our head that sounds like us. Um, we believe we are our feelings. We believe we are the images that are being conjured up. Uh, we believe our, we are our past. We believe we are our possible future scenarios. We, we, we believe ourselves to be these things. And so inevitably, we're going identify, to identify in the mind and become be the mind. We're going to think that's what we are. And we're going to not, we're going to be hesitant to stop thinking because we might lose ourselves. But all you're ever going to lose if you stop thinking is the mind made version of yourself. And it's a really cool exercise to do. If you do think you might believe yourself to be your thoughts and your mind and all that stuff to actually start to withdraw your attention from the mind, start to play with what we're going to share with today to release uh, that all that chronic overthinking and see what's left. See what's left when you're not identified in all, all of that. You know, one of the big self-inquiry questions that people explore through when they're doing meditation stuff is, you know, who, who, who am I? And who is this that's talking? And is, that, is this person that's talking in here, is this all that I am? Or is there more to me than this voice in my head? So we can start to start to challenge it and ask questions and start to wake up from that case of mistaken identity. And, Oh, this I, I I could take a week to talk about the benefits of that, but I'm just going to say that it's very very well worth our, our time, and I'm aware I'm aware of time, and I want to keep this kind of short and sweet uh, and to the point, so you can have it as a reference. So I wanted to share with you my favorite ways to think less, and and they're they're not complicated, um, but they're really effective. Are you willing to hear me out and and learn them? Okay, number one, be where your body is. Be where your body is. If you've heard this before, check in if you're really playing with it. Hit the reset button and just really, really play with it. Be where your body is. If you play with that one exercise, you're going to see how often you leave where your body is to spend time elsewhere during your day. And if you are spending time somewhere else other than where your body is, you're spending that time thinking. You're spending that, you can only leave where you are via your mind and imagination. You can only leave your body unless you've learned some other superpowers, but <laughs> most of us cannot leave our body except through the portal of our mind and imagination and i.e. overthinking. If you can really aim to just be where your body is, you're going to massively reduce the amount of thinking you're doing. Okay, do you like number one? It's very simple, but it's really, really powerful. Number two, and this is potentially one of my personal favorites, so uh, I wanted to tell you sooner rather than later. I couldn't wait to tell you. So I made number two of a few. Um, 
Stop talking to people who aren't here. <laughs> Stop talking to people who are not here. <laughs> I can see a few of you smiling at the top of my screen. Honestly, if you can just stop talking to people who are not physically here, you're going to reduce the amount of thinking you do massively. Like, you can see, I can see some of you are kind of almost squirming, going, oh, I can see myself home often. I do that. I do that so much. <laughs> I don't know how else, how much more I can say about that, except in case you don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying... We can be having conversations in our head with people that actually aren't in our proximity or aren't even anywhere near us. And some are sometimes thousands of miles away, um, let alone 10 miles or around the corner, whatever. Be where your body is. Stop talking to people that aren't here. Having rehearsing, either rehashing conversations that have already happened or rehearsing conversations that might happen. It is such a waste of time because the problem, here's the problem when you're rehearsing a conversation with someone that you're going to have later. The problem is when the conversation happens, they are now there. And I don't care how many times you've rehearsed it, they're going to say something usually that you hadn't exactly planned for. Something's going to happen. I promise you that if you just showed up fresh, and innocent, and noticing the nowness in the person. Not in your head judging the hell out of them, or resisting them, or fight, all that fighting your, them in the head, or with the hangover of all the conversations you've had when they weren't even there. That Honestly, we, move, we enter most interactions with a hangover of the conversations we've had when they weren't even there. They're picking up on that icky feeling, Etc. Etc. Now, if you've come up, if you've planned it, and you're entering that conversation with a with how you think the conversation should go, they can also pick up on that. And no one likes to be manipulated. They can pick up on that manipulation. That that kind of it's, you're not trying to be manipulative, but that's if you're trying to have the conversation go a certain way because in the way that you've rehearsed it, people can pick up on that, and they won't know why, but they'll just push back, and they'll, they'll be, it's just a bit more icky. It's a bit sticky. It's just not quite natural it's not coming from the heart it's coming from the head this is where we find relational solutions heart to heart and that energy rise up from the heart through our mouths through the conversation okay it doesn't come from the head down at the mouth it can but i'm saying the most connected conscious conversations come rise up from the heart out of the mouth not down from the mind out of the mouth okay and if you've been having a conversation with them in your mind, you're going to try and make that conversation happen. It doesn't work very well. But that, that's a side note to the overthinking thing that we're really talking about today. Just think how, how much you're going to reduce, how much thinking you're going to reduce on an average day if you're not having conversations in your head with the people that aren't here. Incredible. Now, I say this in the hope that you might catch yourself next time you are. And just have a bit of a giggle. You don't have to beat yourself up. It's a habit. Oh, thank you, mind, for wanting to protect me. Thank you, mind, for wanting to make sure that conversation goes well. I'm going to show up and be innocent and present and connect from the heart. There might be some professional meetings you might have to plan and prepare for. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I'm talking about the generally the things that are playing on our mind, bothering us. Um, causing us stress and making us overthink is usually um, an unnecessary conversation in our head with people who aren't here. Happy with that one? All right. So be where your body is. Stop talking to people who aren't here. And very much linked with the first and second one is stay in the room. This is slightly different because it's not necessarily including people in your head, but stay in your room. Stay where you are. Just notice where you are right now, please. Um, notice where you are. Have a wee look around. And just notice that many of the problems that you might be worrying about or reminiscing about or whatever aren't happening in this room. 
the possible the worst case scenarios aren't happening in this room the the problem isn't usually here if you really are present here now there could be physical stuff that's kind of a chronic thing that's going on or you might have a a bank account issue that's you know you rather have something going on better there or or whatever that's okay there'll be a time and a place and a moment to maybe work on that that usually will present and it'll be really obvious that now is the time to 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 work on resolving whatever might need resolved okay i'm not saying bury your head in the sand but i'm saying for the majority of your day if you can stay in and in, in the room that you're in or let's put this put it another way if you can notice when you're leaving the room that you're in and then stop it you are going to massively reduce the amount of unnecessary remember the definition of overthinking it's unhelpful unproductive self-suffering self-stress causing uh, mechanism stay in the room you know there's lots of things happening in the world but they're not happening in your living room okay they really aren't there's many things that we the world's mental right now there's so many (laughs) weird things happening and people trying to do weird things and i don't even want to get into the the list of it if you're if you're into conspiracies that usually are coming too fast and faster all the time, but you know when you're if you're into them, you can have many things going on in your head. It's like makes the room, the world, and life like oh my god, this is terrible stuff. That is really helpful in these moments, especially to just take a look around and check where you are. And you may notice that it's not happening in your room. This is not about denying. Sometimes you might need to get up and leave that room <laughs> and maybe put a poster up and get in a demonstration or whatever. You might want to you know, engage and, and be proactive about something. I'm not saying you just bury your head in the sand and you, and you hope the, the world stuff changes without any of your participation. I am saying that for, for most, we can reduce a huge amount of unnecessary overthinking if we're not spending a lot of our day somewhere else that isn't where where we are. And hopefully by me highlighting this, you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm somewhere else. I'm, I'm, I'm not being where my body is. I'm having, I'm somewhere else, like not in my house or not in my office or not in the gym or not in the street. I'm in the park. I'm, I'm somewhere, I'm in the park, but I'm not in the park. I'm somewhere else. And if you can just be where your body is and stop having these conversations with people that aren't even here, guess the percentage of thinking you're going to reduce by. How much thinking are you going to reduce? We're talking high percentages. Do you not think? I'm I'm seeing a few nods. You can relate to this. This is really practical. Okay. So what this what what's what's important with this is is to recognize it, to recognize when we're feeling our thinking. And I've used this term a lot, and it's a really powerful term. And and why do I love the, the term feeling my thinking? Because if we don't take a step back and recognize I am just feeling my thinking right now, we're going to believe that I'm feeling this way because of my bank balance, because of what they said, what's happening in the world. Fill in the blank. I'm going to believe that I'm feeling this way because of that. And therefore, I'm going to feel justified to keep feeling this bad way until something out there changes. <laughs> something out there is fixed. Something out there is improved. Because the mind is amazing. The ego is even really more cunning. And it's amazing at pointing you away from the source of itself. The, the mind, the ego creates all the problem. It goes, it wasn't me. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like it trips someone up. And then the person looks back. I don't know who did that. They're looking around trying to see who tripped them up. But, The reason you need to have these moments where you recognize I'm just feeling my thinking. I'm feeling bad right now because I'm thinking of the things I'm thinking about, not because of what's happening out there, but what's happening in here. As long as I'm feeling this way because of what's happening out there in what they said and what's happening in the bank account, what's happening in my job, what's happening in my family relationships, what's happening in in the world, I'm a victim to feel this way until something out there says it's 
I have permission to feel something different. All right? The reality is I'm feeling what I'm feeling because I'm thinking what I'm thinking. In, in the context of the times when you are feeling what you're feeling because you're thinking what you're thinking. I'm not saying it's 100% of the time. There's other reasons for feelings, okay? just want to have that caveat in here. We have to have a mature conversation about this, not make it so black and white. But I find that a lot of the time, I'm really just feeling my thinking. It's not, it's not more deeper than that. It's not deeper than that. I'm feeling my thinking. For me, when I really saw that, that I was feeling really bad right now because I was feeling my thinking, it became a choice of why would I want to keep hurting myself by continuing that? You know, it became a, a kind of an act of self-love to be willing to, to, to stop that. <laughs> and so what, what do you do with what I'm sharing with you right now? It is as simple as stopping and going, I'm feeling my thinking. When you believe you're feeling something because of something out there and over there, it can be really helpful to stop and say, I'm feeling my thinking. Now, if that thing is in your, in your moment right now, where your body is and they're in your face, then you're not feeling your thinking. You're feeling the moment, okay? <laughs> I'm not, but I'm saying later, when that person's no longer here, when you're no longer at work, when you're no longer, or, or you're now in your room, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And if it's still continuing, this problem, there's a really high chance I'm feeling my thinking. That's, that's the why, why it's continuing now. Do you see the difference, guys? There was a point where I wanted us to stop suffering from my own imagination. Um, it happens when you're fed up suffering, when you're tired of suffering, when you've had enough of that and you're finally willing to go, okay, I'm done with that old habit. I'm done with that old way. Um, it takes courage though. It takes courage to be willing to admit that I'm not feeling this way because of what they said or what's happening out there. I'm feeling this way because of what's what I'm doing in here. And what happens if I withdraw from that inner conversation, that inner imagination, that inner thought stream? What happens? Well, usually the feelings can continue for a little while because they have some momentum. They, they, it takes a while for them to dissolve back into the body. They're literally, when, it, when it's got to the emotions and feelings level, it's become something physical. A non-physical thought has become something physical. And it takes a while for that physical thing often to like be dissolved back into the the overall the, the system of the body and for the molecules to literally uh, completely go. So um, the trick here is when you realize you're feeling your thinking and you go, you know, it's going to come back to the present moment and be more here and be where my body is, blah, blah. What most people do at that point is they immediately come back to now and then they immediately go back into their mind to ask themselves, am I feeling better yet? Has the emotion gone yet? <laughs> and so I'm inviting you to like recognize, just give a little time, give a little time. How do you do that? Give your undivided attention to where you are. Give your undivided attention to where you are. I would recommend Gawul. That's a technique where you're gently alert with your attention wide and open. Gawul. I recommend Gawul. To come back to here and now with me right now by being gently alert, wide and open. I find it to be one of the most simplest ways to um, withdraw my attention from the mind and bring my attention back to the present moment. Because when you bring, when you're engaging Gawo, you're engaging the moment. You're doing it now with me, being gently alert with your attention wide and open, left and right, up and down. Another exercise that I love is to do a quick reality check. I, I love the exercise for that, which is to have a holiday from my head by withdrawing my attention from the mind and coming back to the moment. You can do a quick reality check one of three ways. Number one, as right now, notice some, an object in your field of vision, 
without looking around, just notice an object in your peripheral and your field of vision that you previously weren't aware of. So I just noticed the yellow little suitcase on the floor here. It, it kind of merged into the moment. It merged into the background. But as I kind of tune in more, it kind of popped again for me. What around in your environment? Just don't no need to look around. Just be still looking at me on the screen. But notice an object in your periphery that's been there the entire time that you previously weren't aware of. And just notice that it's there. In order to do that, you might notice this different uh, shift of inner attentiveness. You become a little bit more attentive than you were previously. Notice a sound that is happening in your environment that you previously weren't aware of happening. Just take a moment to notice a sound happening in your environment. I've come to notice the sound of the fan of the computer. Um, but when you come to just stop to notice a sound that's happening that you previously weren't aware of, Notice that that requires a different inner gear, a slightly different inner gear, a heightened attent- inner attentiveness to be able to notice something that you previously weren't aware of. Or notice something you're physically touching that you previously weren't aware of physically touching. I wasn't noticing the, the, how it felt between my forearm and the resting on my leg. Notice something you're physically touching. Notice again that that requires a subtle shift in inner gear, like a car gear, you know, like gears in a car. It's like a slightly different level of inner attentiveness. Ding. If you want to have a hoddy from your head, you need to get very familiar with this shift of inner gear that I'm talking about right now. Because as long as you spend your day in the gear you've always been spending it in, it's going to be the gear that promotes and allows a lot of overthinking. The mind's very active in that gear. But if you notice what it's like to be gently alert, wide and open, for example... There's this little inner shift. Do you notice that, guys? Can I have a nod from anyone? you notice that inner shift? It's like this, this little, slightly more attentiveness. It's not a lot of effort. It doesn't take a lot of effort. You're not straining or trying or giving yourself a headache. It's just a little gentle shift of, in, of in heightened attentiveness. Now, in the beginning, that heightened attentiveness that might, take, might feel like it takes a little effort. But as, the, as you... Keep playing with it. The muscle strengthens. That attentiveness muscle strengthens. And it it can become not second nature, but like first nature. (laughs) It becomes just like the habit, the default. You're going to find that you're either here in that gear that I'm talking about, that of of attentiveness. You're either in the moment. And as that attentiveness starts to fade, the mind becomes more active. And we become less conscious and more caught up in the mind and we become more unconsciously thinking all the time. And then we end up feeling our thinking and suffering from our own imagination, et cetera, et cetera. And what I'd really love for you is for you to get, recognize the importance of that slightly heightened inner attentiveness, inner gear, and really play with it this month. Play with it for a while. So when you notice yourself not being where your body is, having conversations in your head with people that aren't even here, uh, you're, that you're in, not in the room that you're in, but you're off you know, somewhere else, or it's just in these you know, infinite number of places you could be uh, in your mind and imagination. When you recognize you've just been spending the last three hours filling your thinking, um, getting scared of your own imaginations of what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that, when you recognize that, the mind wants to get really busy at that point. You've got to see that it's the mind that got you into that problem in the first place. And you're not going to fix the problem with the same thing that's creating the problem. That does not make any sense whatsoever. And that's the subtlety of this whole game of thinking less and being more present. The mind, because it always blames the cause of your suffering and stress as that thing over there, <laughs> 
we end up using the very thing that's creating the problem to try and solve the problem. And that does not work. It doesn't work that way. Okay, so far, I've got a couple more I want to share with you before we close up, close the day. Um, be where your body is. Stop telling people that who, aren't, who aren't here. Staying, stay in the room that you're at. Recognize when you're filling your thinking. Reduce the suffering from your imagination uh, by having this shift of inner attentiveness. When you realize you're caught in your mind, you're filling your thinking and you're just lost having stories. Be willing to withdraw your attention from the mind and bring it back to the moment. And that isn't just looking around like, oh, yes, there's a, there's a moment. <laughs> to be present is this inner shift of attentiveness where you actually become embodied again. You come back to here. You see the difference, guys? I just remember when I first learned about being present, I used to talk myself I was talking to myself about the present moment. I'd be like, oh, I've been, I've been thinking about the time. I'm somewhere else. I need to get present. That's all just still thinking again. I'm not present yet, okay? <laughs> I'm just talk, thinking about being present. And then I would start thinking, okay, so I'm in a hotel room and there's a painting on the wall and the sun is setting outside and, oh, that's a carpet or whatever. I'm still thinking. I'm still not present yet. I'm just, I'm just my mind is trying to, <laughs> mind or moment. Mind or moment? That's the choice we have to make at some point. Mind or moment. All right. So shifting gear a little bit. One of the simplest ways to have a holiday from your head is to imagine that throughout your day, unintentional, you've your mind and brain has been a bit like a snow globe. You know these... Um, Things that you, you know, these, these things that you, you shake and it all goes everywhere, and it's all like you have them. They usually come out of people's cupboards at Christmas, but maybe some people have a greater love of them and they stick around more than that. But usually it's a Christmas thing and they kind of shake the snow globe and whatever. Well, it's fun, a little fun exercise I like to play with, and it's the most simplest one because um, it really requires nothing of you to do this exercise is to play with your mind like it's been a snow globe, okay. And you literally just stop for a moment and let the dust settle. And that's how I think about it. I'm going to let the dust settle. It's like, la, 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 la. And I'm literally just going to close my eyes for a moment and let the dust settle all by itself. Because here's the thing. If you've got a lot of dust in your room and you start waving your hands around trying to grab the dust, what, what actually happens? It gets more dusty. It gets all gets swirling around. No, it gets it really gets up your nose at this point. You're trying. Actually, the best way for dust to settle is for you to not into not try and make it fall to the ground, but for you just to get the way and you let it drop all by itself. Okay. Those that like cleaning, they're probably going to hate this that analogy. So I apologize. You can go and vacuum something after just to feel clean again after my <laughs> analogy, but. I just want to take a moment with you just to close your eyes and to do nothing. Give yourself permission to do absolutely nothing and to actually let the, the dust of the mind settle all by itself. That's actually the intention. You don't have to try and stop the mind, to shut the mind up. You don't have to push away any thought. You don't have to do anything. It's just the intention to let it happen all by itself. Give that a go now for the next 30 seconds or so. I know this can sound almost too simple. Too simple for it to be an effective exercise. But simply close your eyes and let the inner dust settle and see what that's like for you. It can be a really nice way to start a meditation. 
or if you don't like meditating, just stop for even 30 seconds, a minute, and just let the dust settle. It's like you recognize that during my day, the snow globe in my mind has been shooken up, and you just place it on, you place your mind on the cab, the, the sideboard or whatever, and you know what happens all by itself, it will settle. You can open your eyes if they're closed. Do you see where I'm pointing you towards with that little exercise? We can try to, we can, there can be a lot of mind involved in trying to stop the mind if we're not careful. Okay. And there's something very relaxing about giving yourself permission to do nothing except let the dust settle. So that's the, that's what I'm calling my exercise. Let the dust settle <laughs> or let the mind settle if you prefer that. And this is where I'm going to give you a little piece of homework to play with for the month of July. Now, the homework, obviously, is to notice when you're not being where your body is, especially notice when you're having conversations with people that aren't even there or here. Um, notice when you're leaving the room you're in to go off and into, into your imagination. And, and all of that is ultimately going to be leading to you to feel your thinking. And if you can catch yourself feeling your thinking... And actually recognize that's why I'm feeling bad right now. (laughs) It's not the thing over there, but I'm feeling my thinking. Do you get that? Does that phrase make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. There might be a point where you go, well, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop causing myself this pain, hurt, fear, anxiety, sadness, or whatever. By continuing to feel my thinking. I don't need to do that. I can withdraw my attention from the mind and return it to the moment. The quick reality check is a great exercise for that. Gao is obviously a great exercise for that. Letting the mind settle all by itself, like it's a snow globe and you're just letting it, just stopping and just, this, the, why it's so powerful is if you have it's due to the relationship you have with your mind if you play with that exercise. Just so you know, with the, the snow globe example, because you're actually going to observe it. And it's just going to be able to all fall to stillness all by itself. And as a little bonus, the extra exercise I'm going to give you, or the homework, is, is simply to do nothing. Do nothing except be attentive to all that is presented to you now. That's the phrase. That's the exact wording. Do nothing except be fully attentive to all that is presented to you now. And if you play with this, it's going to become really obvious why it's not, the homework isn't just be fully attentive to all that's being presented to you now. The do nothing. If you really explore that, you're going to see how much doing has been going on in there. How much mental activity has been going on in there. How much me has been going on in there. How much ego has been going on in there. How much managing and controlling and judging and resisting and attaching and all that stuff has been going on in there. And I really don't want to come and give you a million things to do under the banner of having a holiday from your head, because if you're not careful with too many things to do, you're going to get back into mind again, trying to do these things right. So my intention for today was more to help you more easily see when you're overthinking because you're having a conversation with someone that isn't here because you're not where your body is, et cetera, et cetera. And having seen that, the, the open invitation is to do nothing and just be fully attentive to what's being presented to you now, here, in the reality. I'm not saying be fully attentive to your, what your mind's presenting to you necessarily. I'm saying what's being presented. <laughs> you understand? Like in the moment, from the moment. Okay. The moment is being given to you as a gift. 
It's being given to you. The moment is being given to you. That's why it's called the present. It's being given to you. But we're often just going like, yeah, 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 whatever. And we're in our mind trying to get a different thing. It's a bit like a, a kid that's had far too many presents. <laughs> a bit spoiled of kid. And you try and give them a present. They're like, yeah, I want this over here, you know. Um, that's the ego. A bit like that, you know. The moment is being given to us. Do nothing except be fully attentive to what is being presented to you now. You're going to see how little needs to happen in here for you to function very effectively in the world with greater intuition, creativity, peace, clarity, connection, spontaneous knowing, intuitive guidance, all that stuff arises. It's also given to you. It's also given to you. It's given to you now through the portal of the present moment. And we need our cognitive processes to be quieter and we need to be attentive for us to actually see all the gifts being given. We need to be present to them. You know? The moment is being given to you. That's why it's the present. You're going to be amazed at how little you need to do to participate fully in the moment and to have an amazing moment that adds up to your life. Okay? But we can't see this. We can't have this new way of relating to life and ourselves and the world if we are relying on the old thinking mechanisms to get by. You know? So you have permission for the month of July or if you're watching this in the future, for however long you want, <laughs> um, to do nothing except be fully attentive to what is being saying to you now. And in doing so, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to enjoy a wonderful holiday from your head. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. And don't forget... I train and qualify Mind Calm coaches via my award-winning academy. So if you want to master the priceless skills of thinking less and being able to access inner peace anytime and to be able to earn from what you learn by teaching my modern-day meditations to others via either one-to-one coaching or in group settings, then head over to my website now, minddetoxacademy.com. The Mind Calm Coach course is one of my most popular and life-changing courses. And if you're quick, you'll be able to take advantage of my summer sale. So head over now to my website, minddetoxacademy.com.